0: welcome to the second episode of our little podcast that dares to ask the question was everyone in the victorian era a little crazy it's the podcast that explores the earth's ethereal enigmas its marvelous mysteries and its hilarious hidden histories some of this stuff is hard to believe but we find it becomes a little easier when slightly intoxicated that's why we always pair the experience with the perfect whiskey. So without further ado, welcome to Wild World and Whiskey. Today's episode is Voracious Victorians. I'm your host, Adrian.
1: I'm your host, Jason. And Even your I know I just told you that <laughs> I was Lock, Morton, squibble bongo. We gotta work on that. I don't know that. what you're talking about that Jason. <laughs> I
2: know I'm confused about that. Crazy, crazy Victorians.
0: Yep. That, that,
2: it's like the more you study, the more you realize what what the heck was going on this time. Well, you You,
1: know, you chose this from the list because this is like V. So, yeah, we're going in order, we would have gotten here a long time for listeners. We, like when we sat down at the beginning, you know, I sort of put
2: topics we might might do and I did it alphabetically, but so you know, maybe we'll get through the alphabet. But Adrian got to choose, and so she went to the V's. So, why? Why did you choose this one?
0: Well, one, because I was studying a lot of literature of the victorian era and i really like that era of literature but also like they used mercury as a way to cure people like that was a legitimate well, or, medicinal thing yeah. in that time so like they were actually crazy but they not, were, not because they were big yeah.
2: it was mur- arsenic yeah, they, they would. They, women would use it in their skincare because it made them glow. So
0: they were all like just legit poison,
2: like lead. They um, had <laughs> lead in everything. They they were literally
0: yeah, yeah.
2: driven crazy. Yeah.
0: So, um, and it, you know, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the weirdness with the Victorians. You know, I almost this isn't the story I went with for the episode, but I thought about just talking about Victorian underwear because. <laughs> This is an era where there's no stretch fabrics, you know. There's no snaps. There's no zippers. You know, like underwear was a whole situation. <laughs> you know, if you think about your underwear, like they didn't have any of that, but like they really needed underwear because they did not clean their clothes. So <laughs> this was.
2: And so they did, but what? Were well, the women? Oh, what, what? What was it? The that they wore under the dress to make them big and fluffy. The quar- Did they clean their violent, underwear? Violent
0: they would. That's how they so that was oh. the piece they clean. That's what stayed clean. Is it because they now that's couldn't? Victorian clean, which is nothing like today clean.
1: But why yeah. if they could clean their underwear, why couldn't they clean the rest of their clothes?
0: Because it was like so much work. It's
1: a lot of money.
0: You know, it's a lot of um like silk, you know, oh, in the upper the classes. Big... You're wearing yeah. silk which you
1: huge dresses.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's part of it, you know, and and things with whale bone in them and, you know, that are just, it, you know, whale bone. this is whale like bone. hand washing everything. So if you think uh, about, OK, well, I'm washing like a, a shirt and a pair of pantaloons or whatever, <laughs> like that's one task. But if you've got, you know, this yards and yards mm-hmm. and yards of velvet. That's a whole nother, which is probably why they had so
2: many layers. But, but I think that's one thing I read that is why black was so fashionable, because in London it was such a dirty city. If you wore anything white, you know, you would come home and it would already be gray. You know, even if it's on the outside. Well, they were just filthy. I I mean, they were just
0: just like they would carry around like a, a, you know, a handkerchief that had perfume on it, and just like to put on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just <so they> can <laughs> like, smell the vapors. So, like, well, I believe like, I have
2: the vapors.
0: Like right now, like let's say I was hanging around with you two and you hadn't showered in a few days. Like you probably yeah, haven't. Let's and- say that <laughs> was the
1: case, hypothetically speaking. But
0: then, when I think like I can't take it anymore, well, I could take my little perfumed Sniff thing, and See, I could be like, okay, I can, when, I can go through another ten minutes.
1: When you said that, I was thinking that it was because you don't wouldn't want to smell yourself. Like no. you just be walking down the street, be like, "Oh my gosh, what smells so bad?" No, it's oh, it's, it's me. People. Let me get out my little perfume the handkerchief. Perfume oh, yeah. oh, okay.
0: Well, no wonder they were always swooning the well, smells. I, and then the, these poor women couldn't breathe because well, you know, they, they had probably these... did oh, the smell
1: themselves too. It's not like women don't sweat and smell, you know? Yeah. Except You're like for using like, us as an example, like we're the only smelly, potentially smelly ones in the room. So I take offense at that.
0: Well, if I'm smelly, I don't notice it because I'm like here. It's fine.
1: Yeah. It's You've not never horrible. noticed your own smell, have you? Oh yeah. yeah. But I don't think you always do. I think No, it's yeah. true. I think it's especially I don't. Other... I don't typically Every my, once my, in a my while. My wife, my wife even tells me I'm not a stinky boy, <laughs> even though you tell me I'm <laughs> stinky all the time.
2: Well, I mean, I think you know when your underarm deodorant gives out. Right. You know, yeah. but <laughs> I think if you have general BO, <laughs> you know. But again, back then if everybody had it,
0: yeah, so it wasn't... It
2: still would smell bad.
0: But yeah. So it, <laughs> but you would kind
2: of just... go nose blind to it, I would think.
1: After uh, a maybe. While. You know, like pe- people know. on a big well, no, farm. No, because it's not. Because to... I think you'd probably be smelling different smells. You know, you'd yeah. be like walking down the street and then you'd smell like a horse is behind and then you'd smell like coal smoke and then you'd smell somebody's puke on the ground and then you'd yeah, smell like your is own is armpit. It, is this, and, it, is
0: this you
2: know. Victoria-era England or is this Mardi What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Well, good There's point. A lot, in, a lot in common.
0: Good
2: point. All right, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we'll talk about voracious Victorians, which is just a fun word to say. Voracious. <laughs> I don't know that they were voracious, but yeah, I think I think that's a good description. Voracious. Vo- voracious. How do you say it? voracious?
1: I don't know. Is I don't think I don't think voracious is actually that a word. I don't it? think so either. <laughs> voracious. Yeah. To Google we go. For,
0: for- voracious.
1: I think it's
2: voracious.
0: Which is like
2: I've said it too many times. I'm too close to it now. A lot. A lot. Vivacious. Voracious. It's supposed to be vivacious Victorian. Vivacious? Vivacious.
1: Voracious.
0: Do we have to re-record everything? <laughs> <laughs> Not again.
1: <laughs> oh, so no. anyway, we're talking about Victorians, be they v- voracious, voracious, vivacious. Or
0: otherwise.
1: Or otherwise. A so wacky. W- wacky Victorian. Wow, w was wacky. taken.
2: And then, of course, this is called Wildwood and Whiskey. Um, yeah, we'll so get
1: we'll get to after we do the whiskey part. Yeah, have a nice little background intro to the whole victorian okay. period so it was a little bit we of had that to look of... forward to yeah yes. okay
0: good well well what, i just what... basically did that with the
1: smelling you just talked about underwear <laughs> that and <was> it. <laughs> body odor
2: <laughs> and, and i got it's not
1: we... underwear underwear and body odor is not all there was to the victorian era right, there was more. we didn't even talk
2: speaking about the underwear, we didn't even talk about what happened when the underwear caught on file which was a thing that happened Really? Oh, we'll get to it. Underworld's catching on fire, when the Victoria it was bad. You, you, know, mi- you mix some of that, those dresses, or the crinoline with open candles. Oscar Wilde and Oscar and... Wilde, two of his sisters died because their
1: clothes caught on fire. Really?
2: And you can't, you can't get those clothes off. And t- you have the corsets that are like tied by five people, and you catch that on fire, and you're not going anywhere. This
0: is exactly what is the- wrong with the patriarchy. <laughs> I was actually, you
1: exactly. know, yeah, well, it was at the Victorian era. was actually Bruce Springsteen's inspiration for his song, you wait, know. Which one? Ooh, I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's I thought you were
0: that's what they used to sing. Too born, soon. To run. <laughs> <laughs> too simple, born to Run. Apparently, he was
1: inspired by many things from the Victorian period. Yes. Oh, wait. Right. Okay. Well, speaking of Wildwood and whiskey, what is a whiskey today? So what we have today is, it's a relatively mainstream uh, drink that most of you have probably heard of, Jack Daniels, Gentleman Jack. Now, you actually requested something in this vein. Yeah,
2: we're going to be talking a lot about Jacks today. Like the game? Um, no, like Apple. It, it was a Apple game. Jacks. Apple Jacks. It yeah. was a game, but it was not a game you want to play.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 <laughs> it's not a game dun. where you win
1: unless your goal is so, to disembowel a lot of street walkers. Gentleman Jack is a Tennessee whiskey, which is not the same as a bourbon. They have a different way that they make it. I don't know all the details of it, but it has they sour the mash in a particular way before mm. they ferment it. I think that's right. It's um charcoal has something to do with it. <laughs> mm. I should have I was too busy researching the Victorian period to remember the details of how how um but I hear, I'm on the website here, you know, a charcoal mellowing a second gentleman Jack has a second charcoal mellowing, but it's a whole different process. So if you look in a bottle of Jack Daniels, like the words sour mash are really small in between, like Jack Daniels whiskey or something. And apparently they were having bottles with that larger on there. Maybe it was just a new idea for how to promote the whiskey or something. And the guy was like, I couldn't sell any bottles because people go and be like, What's this sour mash? What's this? Yeah, it doesn't like, sound. It doesn't sound appetizing. It's always been there. Yeah. It's what it is. But he was like, and even when he told them, he was like, he still couldn't tell it because they're like, "I just want my regular Jack Daniels whiskey." And they're like, "Okay, we'll just make the type smaller again." This is how brilliant human beings are. We'll, st- we'll stop advertising. <laughs> make that's make the type small. Yeah, you can you can deal with anything if it's small enough that you can't see it. It's the small like, point. Classic American denial, you know. Could be like It's not in there.
0: It could be like Jack Roaches Daniels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could be. It could be. As long
0: it as, be. as it's small. It could be like. Mashed roaches. <laughs> It'd be like
1: Jack Victorian underwear <laughs> whiskey. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: so what makes so Gentleman Jack? What makes this different than any of the other Jack Daniels? What, I
1: mean, what's special about this. Well, <sighs> other than the, the ask we'll me mash. to talk about th- Jack Daniels because it's just it's a it's a dumb whiskey like Jamesons and Jack Daniels and. They're like, they're like the Budweiser's of the whiskey world. Right, right. I have no respect for them because they use lots of neutral spirits mm. and they add sugar and all kinds of stuff to make it taste good so that people don't actually have to work to enjoy their whiskey. Right, right. So it's mm. sort of the, so,
2: not even the every man's, but the every lazy man's whiskey kind of?
1: Well, I mean, and you mix it with other stuff too, you know, Jack and Coke Jack and, and Coke, all that. right you're not even trying to taste the whiskey, you're just trying to get drunk. So yeah. boo to you I say. So this is not bad. Um I it's not This a, is a bad
2: time to mention that today's episode is brought to you by No wait. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: by Budweiser and Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> um this is a, a basically a higher class, you know, double mellowed and you know if we want to talk about uh the, you know the nose. Mm. It's it's not got a super strong nose. You know, it's just kind of a, there's a mild sweetness to it, but you kind of get more alcohol. Mm -hmm. But, but when you take a sip, first thing you notice that it's very smooth, Mm -hmm. um, soft on the palate, and then you kind of swallow it down. And what I get, and the thing that I like about this is I think of buttered popcorn.
2: Buttered popcorn.
1: Do you get that at all when you drink it?
2: Well, here, well, first of all, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. We'll try it. All right, so butter pop. Yeah, so
1: there's not a lot in the nose, but it's got a kind of a. Are, do, do you? I
0: can <sighs> see that. Yeah, I can see that.
1: I mean, I, and then, I, and then it kind of hits you with a with a with a little burst of pepper at the end. So it's not it's not a complicated drink, but I don't mind this. I would drink it. I enjoy it. You know, even though it's a, a big Jack Daniels, big company kind of a thing. Um, you know, it's. I like how
0: you say you would drink it. I mean, you're.
1: Definitely drink well oh, it. no, but I bought this special for the show. It. I see, so you might it drink it in
0: another context.
1: The last time I, I had this in my mouth was back when I first was on my after he came back from Ireland and I was just on this big kick and this was one of the ones where they had smaller bottles and I was just trying all all the everything. Right, right, right. And I remember really liking it, but you know, there's really a lot of good stuff out there and it's not it doesn't blow me away, but there are a lot of people who like it. And honestly, I feel like this is a good whiskey to give somebody who's not had whiskey yeah. like it's very accessible it seems
2: like a very you know I, I enjoy it it seems like something you know if you're not doing a special occasion you just want to kind of sit down mm-hmm. with a drink this could scratch the itch
1: yeah it's it's very mellow it's got a nice flavor not terribly complex but but if if a person enjoys the experience they might be open to trying something a bit more complex mm-hmm. so that's gentleman jack in honor of well, I guess I shouldn't give the spoiler away, huh?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be in getting honor to of, it in honor of and Jack, a mysterious
1: Victorian admit. Jack. A few of them. Who might that be? A few of oh, them. Oh, there's more than one. There's more than one. So oh. we'll, we'll we'll get to it. All right. So um, we just talked a little bit earlier in the show about Victorian underwear, underwear and
2: smelling. It sounds like it should be smelling a song. bad. And then Victoria underwear, and I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I wear?
2: That's not a Maybe song.
1: I'll be. Bare. <laughs> I got a little hail. Go, I command you, write that song. <laughs> oh my. And I shall perform it next show. Oh, I'll tell my tale. Okay.
2: So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the Victorian era, Jason. What made it so wacky? Well,
1: I wanted to mention too that we are drinking Gentleman Jack, Jack Daniel's whiskey, mhm, to help our conversation along. <laughs> But before we get into the ghost stories, the fun stuff from the Victorian era, I have just some background. All right. I gotta do this right in front of the.
2: And we can hear we have paper. We, we have invested so much into the show we printed.
1: We spent money on ink. As the sound effects. That's me tapping my paper on the table.
0: We're losing um, listeners by the minute. Shh, quiet, you.
1: <laughs> Listener. All right. Listen so up. the Victorian era was the period of the reign of Queen Victoria, the 63 years, from 1837 until 1901. And fun fact, at that time, at the time of her death, she was the longest reigning monarch in British history. But we have a winner who has broken the record and going strong. Our current Queen Elizabeth II has been reigning for 70 years, about four months, and counting. She's just
0: not Allegedly.
1: Not... Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. People,
0: what? People keep saying she's dead.
1: She's alone. Right.
2: Really? Oh, there's, yeah. a whore. there's a whole. There's no, a whole. No, it is.
0: Like, it's disrespectful and horrible, but also kind of funny. But, yeah, they, people keep it. They're like, really? She's dead? But,
1: All I mean, is right? it like a new, is this like a new a... thing because she was sick or something? Or have they been saying this for years?
0: Like, because she's tired and she doesn't want to go to things. So every time that they're like, Oh, the queen decided well, not to go. They're like, oh, they're just pretending she's, she's still alive.
2: They're doing a whole weekend at Bernie thing. So it's, you always see, you know, the princes beside her always raising so her. So in hand.
1: the record books, there'd have to be like an asterisk next to her name then. You know, she reigned for 70 years, but actually, we she, was, think. she was dead for 15 of those years. She was, she was being used so, by a master. So, we're, we're qualifying. I just. Qualifying like, the length of her reign.
0: I mean, legitimately, like, this woman has lived through, like, so many awful things and now in her old age, people just keep speculating that she's dead which she's not. I mean, give her a break. I'm not dead yet. I've <laughs> I'm feeling
2: fine. i have going to war for another 30
1: years, I will. I know, right? I, I I simultaneously feel bad and take pleasure in the fact that Prince Charles has been just waiting and waiting. Just waiting. I mean
2: And he hasn't killed her yet, so you gotta give him that, you know? I well, mean I, she's Oh, it's a all, man of it's all She's kinda of,
1: kind of hogging some of his reign. Yeah. Like if I were him, I might think that she's kind of hogging some of my reign. It's going to be one of and those he's things. Like, he's he's going like to be a king for like three days. You know? Well, right. Yeah. He's in his 70s. Yeah. I
0: bet nobody wants him to be king.
1: I know. Yeah. That's why I'm i i am Including probably pleasure. the queen, which is probably why she I refuses to die. Like, she's like, oh, I, I
2: think I'm going to die. I
1: won't let him have the throne. <laughs> I just won't do it. Wait until Prince Harry, What? what's the oldest William? <laughs> I keep getting them mixed up because I'm very old. <laughs> Spot on. Spot okay. on. That was William and Perry. Wait, was <laughs> his name again? Oh he doesn't matter because he's not a part of our family anymore.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It was a terrible accent, by the way. Uh, it, it wasn't terrible. Well, it, just, it
1: wasn't the Queen. <laughs> was well, say. it might be the Queen. now. I know what you're comparing dead. it to. Yeah. That's right. That was my. That was dead, my. It's a Queen Zombie. Dead Queen. Queen Elizabeth. Zombie. Spot on. For Kevin's zombie. accent
0: was better.
2: Yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> well, not that time. Kevin
1: knows one word in British. Yes. Indeed. 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 <laughs> tapioca pudding. Indeed. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> tapioca pudding? It makes
0: no sense.
1: <laughs> I just like tapioca pudding. So, anyway. The, oh, Victorian about the Victorian era. Victorian Yes. I will tell you about it. So what's really interesting is that we say with disdain often we talk about Victorian ideals and Victorian morals and all this kind of stuff there's hmm. there was kind of an edge. Yes. I'm making a fist again. <laughs> I like making a fist during my show pontificate. But but um, it was actually a period of time of really great growth in many ways. And uh, I would say ideologically there was so the things I'm going to tell you, I'm trying to provide a backdrop for ghost stories, you know, and the things that I picked out of the Wikipedia article that I read, right. but very thoroughly. I'm
0: I'm not um, going to talk about a ghost story. I don't think we're story. talking about
1: ghosts today. Oh, all they're all. not ghosts? No. Oh, ghosts no. Well, oh really? Anything have to do with the supernatural? We didn't really
0: communicate ahead <laughs> My person kills a lot of people, so
1: they <laughs> might no, be not None of them have ghosts. to do with the supernatural or...
0: Like, yeah, well, uh, mine kind, kind of... Yeah, my, mine my my play
1: plays with it. I was, I was mine kinda like
0: really doesn't.
1: Sort yeah. of pointing in that direction, so I guess...
2: But, but it was a very supernatural time, <laughs> right? Because a lot of, lot of mystics, a lot of... I got,
1: I got context for the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong wrong story. Yeah, yeah. Tr- I have no idea what actually... What, what either of them are going to be talking about. Because we talked about ghosts last time, so I just assumed...
0: Well, we can't talk about the
2: same thing all the time. It was the it Victorian
1: ghost? it you know, the same as as the,
2: the, there was? The,
1: I mean, it was the guy from very... the tower who slipped on a penny. Like, was the same? There you go. I mean, there was a lot. It was a very
2: supernatural time. A lot of seances. Of course, we have well, Charles yes, Dickens uh, that right, had you know, like you know the Charles Christmas
0: Dickens Carol. is
1: not supernatural. Well, I guess so. well, Christmas Carol. We you know, he had some. Well, talks about Charles
0: Dickens. Like, it was a very supernatural time.
1: Seances, Charles Dickens. Like, there was the one story. The one story. Well, he had No, he had some other ones. Gothic literature was popular, but because of improvements in technology and transportation, you know, people knew more about what was happening over. Because it was the Industrial Revolution at the same time. Right. Right. All right. We, we're getting you're getting ahead of me here. Okay. So, so ideologically, this tended to be very sort of romantic period, uh, mystical. Um, they were sort of reacting against this sort of extreme rationalism of the period before that Edwardian period. But the interesting thing is that despite this movement towards romanticism and mysticism in terms of science and medicine, you know, medicine was becoming more scientific. Science was becoming more scientific. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, you know, politics, very progressive politics, uh, focus on more focus on reform improvements uh, for the individual in particular. Uh, you know, the anti-slavery movement really took, you know, gained steam because of the, these Victorian morals and ethics, mm. um, better treatment of women and children, you know, i.e., you know, not allowing children to work. You know, twenty six hours in the factory, and you but know, that, that to was work during that period. That one arm missing. Kids, kids, and women had to work crazy hours during well, right, the beginning. Right, of the but there was a focus Fred on making, and improving these conditions. Okay. You know,
0: like at the beginning, people were like, "That's cool." Right. By the end, they were like,
1: "Oops!" They were like, "That was kind Maybe of bad." So All of the children have just one arm now. <laughs>
2: What, what did what did they say? You know, sixty percent. Uh, the mortality rate for kids was sixty percent before the age of five. Sixty percent wow. died. Yeah, before the age of five. So
1: that's just yep. insanity. From working in the factories. Yeah. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> <From> health and <laughs> no, no. Well, they they and they also killed their mothers at an alarming rate as well. Oh yeah, which is a really birth. terrible way to, yeah. to to talk about yeah. it. But <laughs> yes, yes. You killed your mother. They probably already lived with that. You know, and then their father's probably reminded of them too. This is getting to get dark real fast if I don't know.
0: There's a bunch of romance (laughs) novels that kind of use that as a little subplot. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, you know, um, the focus on the improvement of the individual, the improvement of society. So, anti slavery, better conditions in factories for women and children, um, police reform. So, moving away from a a punishment mentality to a prevention mentality. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, something that Contributed, I think, to these things. Th- this opening up of thought was both an acceptance of non-conformist churches, as in non-Church of England churches, which were not allowed to be a part of politics. You couldn't, you know, be a so kind of a a, separation what's the, what's the of Parliament. State parliament, though. yeah, like you couldn't hold office, that kind of stuff, okay. unless you were part of the Church of England. That was kind of loosening up, and also there being more tolerance for agnosticism and, you know, our religious thought, which kind of goes in line with this idea of science. When, when was Darwin? Darwin was during the, the latter part of this.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: would have been Victorian, yeah. 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 Oh, there a definitely science and that sort of thing. But I would say that probably, there also a big population increase, but I would say that probably one of the most significant factors that contributed to our idea of Victorian society is this rise of, of a middle class. Mm. And and the fact that as a result, you now are beginning to have people who have enough wealth to sort of separate the home and the work spheres. And you have um, this idea of privacy becoming a concept. And, and actually, the, uh, the, actually, the article had this quote that I really liked. So th- this is a quote from uh, historian Anthony Wool. A bourgeois existence was a world of interior space heavily curtained off and wary of intrusion and open only by invitation for viewing on occasions such as parties or teas, mm. which is, contributes to that kind of vibe. You know, like you think about the heavy curtains and the and the dark forebodings, you know, but it's this idea of, of privacy. It's like right. the human race for the first time was able to sort of, at least parts of them, you know, some of them were able to sort of get away from the other humans and have a space of their own, which was not something that human beings, you know, really ever had done yeah. in any significant way you know up until that point and so so this idea of privacy, this idea too that and what's interesting to me, you've got now separate spheres between men and women and on the one hand, it did lead to a restriction of the ways in which women could express themselves in society. but on the other hand, because of that middle class wealth, you also had women who within that sphere had a lot of influence and a lot more control. You know, things like buying the furniture, you know, fashion, right. you know, was I mean women's fashion just kind of exploded during this era. Um, you know, they're managing, you know, the servants and this, like they're they're taking they're they're taking care of the home. Yeah. Um now again, still a very limited role, you know and,
2: and I think you see you're seeing, you know, the contrast here, you know, on on one hand they might be having, you know, you have a, a queen that's that's over the country, you know um you have all these mores and you can't you can't dress you can't a woman can't just go to the beach in a bathing suit they had all these things but on the other hand you could like auction your wife off in the afternoon you know and so it had the same sort of contrast
1: between you know loose moors and and you know I mean I'm not an expert I I, I but I think I, I feel like the notion of women as property was challenged during this time I and mean, this is why you had people like Susan D. Anthony who were even, like, quote-unquote, allowed to raise the stink about these things is because even though their role in society was seen as restricted, they were less being viewed as property and more as human beings, you know, in the late 1800s. And
2: I think there there was sort of a, a repression that was coming up and a backlash we're going to talk about, you know, in my stories. There was a large backlash against women, you know, and I think that was in response to this, you know, as they are slowly gaining power and a voice, you know, I think there's a, a part of society there that was repressed and came out in violent ways. And
1: but again, this this creation of middle class is what contributed to to women having the time right. and the resources to not have to be slaving away in the fields or or taking care of you know ten kids or whatever. Um, another thing, relative to this, in line with this whole idea of romantic, you know, was uh, romantic love was seen as more of a valid reason. And, and companionship for for marrying somebody, as opposed to money or politics or things like that. Um, and and all of this gave rise to, you know, if you have some wealth and you have a, a separate space for your work and your home space, now you begin to have leisure time, right. and then you want to entertain yourself. And that, and now here is where we have this the, like um, the publishing industry between paper getting cheaper. And benefiting from technologies like, you know, electricity and, and transportation, you know, I mean, communication, telegraphs and things like that. Like, right. you could actually market <laughs> market your books uh, for, the, like, the first time in history. Well,
2: and even, you know, they started coming out, what are they called, the Penny Dreadfuls, the, you know, sort
1: of the Pulp Fiction. Well, you know, I, Well, that's the thing, is that because people couldn't – yeah, I'll get there. Give me just a second. So, initially, it was too expensive for middle-class people to buy books. Which led to um, libraries free libraries becoming very popular and this is how this idea of libraries rose up was because people couldn't afford to buy the books themselves so then they could go to the libraries and borrow them and also uh, magazines periodicals and and uh, books being serialized which also because of that being more affordable but now you have this idea of, of the cliffhanger from week to week you mm. know which you know horror and Pulp, pulp fiction yeah like was able to like it, it relies on on those cliffhangers and uh, and,
2: and I think as we're going to see you know we had saw things like the rise of the urban legend that could happen because they would be in periodicals or, or the newspapers that can continue on stories because people could afford these and start you know getting into entertainment that way
1: um novel uh, the novel became uh, the most the standard form as costs came down Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yes. I mean, with with newspaper, it's a little bit of a different thing. But yes, I think that paper being cheaper, people being able to afford to get the news, that definitely contributed. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know that. I don't know that people would consider that. I mean, I guess entertainment to some degree. But I'm thinking more like strict, you know, typical, you know, novels and books and plays and music and they just in, indulge in these things a lot more and children's literature started to become a thing in the, in during the Victorian era. This is when we have like Hans Christian Andersen and Grimms fairy tales and Alice in Wonderland which right. was, was, was massive, time, you know. And yeah. Um and moving children's literature away from sort of moralizing um you know poems created to like scare children into being good to actually being focused on children enjoying them. Right. So so this and period of time was really Hans, important.
0: Hans Christian Andersen is a really well, good example of that.
1: <laughs> well, but I don't know. I, he's not. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him moralizing. I, I, t- his stuff feels kind of. It's almost existential to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like the mill, the little hard. match girl. The little match girl tried really hard, and she still died. Yeah. So you know, being good didn't do her it's anything.
0: Ni- nihilistic.
1: It's well. <laughs> There, yeah, yeah, one of those things.
0: I mean, it again, not just not sure that ch- it was focused on children's enjoying it.
1: What, well, what, what is it? Uh, even um, with J.M. Bailey, well, and, entertainment uh, maybe. I don't know. Children like reading about that kind of stuff. You know, Where even you even think? like Peter yeah, Peter no, and Wendy. Know. You know,
2: he, what did he say? You know that the story, even though it's a kid's story, it never was far from the grave. You know, because even in Peter Pan, you know, in the original one, he kills all the. Ah, uh, the Lost Boys when they reach a certain age, you know, so there was still this this death, you know, theme that was just not
1: well. Not I far from I think that we have done children a disservice in modern times by kind of Disneyizing, by moving them away them. from. I mean, we're just talking about right how what like fifty percent of children survive through childhood? These kids are watching their brothers and sisters yeah. die, well, <laughs> and I, I think they're yeah. no strangers to this notion of death. I it's think not uh, like and it's that's not like all that's of a sudden, you know, Randy the hamster just disappeared, and Daddy was like, <laughs> you know, he went to the went hamster out. store, and he's <laughs> never coming back. But he we, loves you. We you went know, out like. and
2: bought a new hamster. Let's <laughs> move on.
1: But I this think is that. Randy right here. But his tail's different, Dad. He, he he went to the barber or something. You know,
2: we sent him to a fall. But, but yeah,
1: we like kids can handle a lot of stuff, and and they they think about this stuff, and I think they like it when people address it. You know, in children's literature, and so I mean, I don't know if you know Hans Christian was was thinking about that when he wrote these stories, but it, that could be a part of what was appealing to children about them is because they did not shy away from yeah. what at the time was their reality. You know,
2: and, and and I think that's something we see across. You know, even though you know it was very much about the class structure. You know, and and you know we had the lower class that was working and dying. I think the the average age for a, a factory worker was twenty five. You know, hmm. so the the lower class was just working, and you know, so the the whole idea was partying it up, you know. And then the middle class, like I said, start having leisure time. What are they going to do with it? You know, starting having right. a little bit money. Then it, you always have the aristocrats, which are always up to, up to something. But I think you know, just that death culture was across them all. You know, even though it might be higher in the lower class, it, it, it affected everybody. Childbirth. You know, the well, reality right, weight yeah, yes. that would affect like everybody. Across it's true.
1: The world. Like there, that was the point at which wealth. I mean, wealth couldn't save you from cholera. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so a, a few more things. Um, in terms of novels, gothic fiction we mentioned earlier was very popular during this period of time, uh, as well as genre fiction. So, adventure stories, spy stories, and 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 I did not know this, but apparently, the Time Machine by H. G. Wells was is actually the first mention of time travel in literature oh, so that so the birth of science fiction as a genre really um so people like love this stuff ate it up and then of course there's a, a connection which obviously is, is irrelevant now that i'm even bringing this up but uh, you know paranormal spectacles and and people were really into the paranormal communicating with the dead and and i think that a part of uh, what's interesting to me is a part of this fascination of it of it i think had to do with this rationalism of religion because they were playing at it as opposed to being actually terrified you know Mm -hmm. if you like in the 1600s people who attended the seance would be hung for being witches or something you know right right. and now here they are kind of playing at this
2: and it became entertainment and in fact like a lot of the
1: spiritualists were
2: obviously actors or people
1: that were you know but so that that part of it and also this idea of of non-conforming churches being more acceptable And so, remember, we talk about the Fox sisters, we've got Mormonism, and again, I know this is across the ocean, but, you know, these sensibilities, you know, like there's, there is a, it's in the air, you know, it's in the ether. Um, And and, even coming back
2: from sort of the clockwork,
1: Newtonian, you know,
2: straight-laced, everything is explainable, you know, to say, no, there's, there's, there's mysteries in the universe and, you know, facing death every day, you know.
1: And the wealth of the British Empire also, speaking of death, um, allowed for the rest of the world to be brought to England. Mm. You know, so you'd go and you'd see, I mean, Egypt, you know, obsession with Egyptology was a big thing. Mummies, archaeology, all this kind of stuff. I
2: think one of the things is like, unwrapping mummies was like a big, big event. You know, they would unwrap a mummy and huge crowds would show up and, you know, they would Go on the toilet paper, and, and <laughs> did he pull any spit did, like, around It's sit around really fast.
1: <laughs> and then it was an old man all along, and he would have gotten away with it if <laughs> weren't it weren't for we you, rascally Victorians. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now I want to go to a mummy unwrapping, oh my.
1: but yeah, but it's this idea of this obsession with death, and then this thing with the other cultures, and yeah, so all these things are coming to a head, and ironically enough. You know, given our criticism of, you know, Victorian era and ideals, like, honestly, like what our society is like today was born in the Victorian era, mm. e- like even some of the negative aspects of it, you know, the, this idea of, of the strict roles for men and women, that was not something that, you know, if, when you grew up on a farm and you're trying to survive, everybody did whatever they needed to do to survive. Mm-hmm. There weren't like, you know, women hunted and they cooked and they, you know, they did everything. But then now you've got the separation of these fears I have a hair in my mouth. Maybe it's on the mic. I think you had
2: this problem last. last yeah, I don't
1: know. Um, the switch. Yeah. Mics. Then you create these roles that that, ironically enough, conservatives are like. This is the order of things. Well, no. Like this mentality of family has only been around for like what 150 years. So it's not even you know. But even you're saying you know this was old.
2: sort of the the birth of modern romantic love in this era where it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just utilitarian. You right. could get married because you and, wanted to. And, and I think about you to.
1: ghost stories, which my connection to ghost stories is apparently irrelevant now. But, um, you know, this lo- lost longing love and the, like this whole idea, which I feel like would be considered absurd. You know, why would you stay and haunt something because you love somebody? Like, that's ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know. Love is is move on. We're too busy. We got feel feel Yeah, now. we we can't we can't afford to love. We're trying to survive, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so there's there's the Victorian era. That
2: sort of sets the
1: stage and, and of all this. The that's, tension. That's all you need up. to know about it. The end. Wow. The theme for the show today is on voracious Victorians, and we're also drinking some whiskey. So. Which, by the
2: way, vivacious,
1: actively, lively, and animated. So is that what you were trying That's to say? That's the definition. Vivacious. So in any event, um, we're talking about vivacious Victorians, apparently. Not voracious or varacious. voracious. Vivacious is the intended type of Victorian that we are discussing today. So, so I, I apologize for the misinformation that we gave you earlier in the show. Anyway, we learned a little bit about the Victorian era. We talked a little bit about Victorian underwear. We're drinking some Jack Daniels whiskey. And and now we're gonna hear a story from the Victorian era. So Adrian, take it away.
0: So my topic is gonna be like this is the highlight of this episode. Bum,
1: bum, bum. People
0: are gonna hear it and they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I gotta sit down. I gotta- <laughs>
2: <laughs> right.
1: I
0: gotta turn this up and I really gotta pay attention. Cause I'm gonna talk about dictionaries. No. Yes. Yes, I know. But I swear this is interesting. So I wanna <laughs> give you some background. Um and actually Jason dovetailed right nicely into this. Actually literacy increased quite a bit in the yes. Victorian. Oh yeah,
1: era. I didn't mention that. They were almost almost everybody was literate by the end of now, the Victorian wh- era. what made the difference what
0: so um, books there's quite a few things Children one were is to read. England began to invest in education yes. of the masses uh-huh. so um, that concept came up because in previous eras only the wealthy were educated and only right. generally wealthy men were educated. So um, in 1830, only 50 to 60% of people in England could read and write. In 1870, almost 80% could read and write. And an interesting change, too, is in 1830, it was fewer women than men pretty significantly. Uh, but in 1870, it was pretty equal. Uh, so that's that's a big game changer, as Jason said. You know, paper books, printing, all became cheaper, more accessible, more available to people. Um, and certainly, uh, we've now mentioned Charles Dickens in all of our uh, <laughs> segments. I think <laughs> in all of our episodes, and
2: we will, and everyone to come.
0: You know, but he started writing these inexpensive, serialized, extremely popular novels about ordinary people. That hadn't been done. Mm. So, extremely wordy. They about, were about ordinary people, but you know, they were coming out once a week. So, it was so he was the
1: Stephen that's, King that's of true. That, that- That's true. That's true. If I was only reading like a few pages of Charles Dickens a week, I probably could handle it. In high school, I could not handle it.
0: See, I and always, we
1: had to read hard. The only one I read was Hard Times, which is like the shortest one. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, he's spending five that's pages like one to I've describe a read. field.
0: That's <laughs> the one I've never read, but I mean, certainly. I tell you, hard
1: times was me trying to read that book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I the really had a bleak
1: house for the the place that he was. That Dickens? Yeah, yeah. Bleak house. I don't see. I don't remember Dickens.
0: That um, I I've, Jane
1: Eyre isn't. Uh, did you write that too, Jane Eyre?
0: I'll kill you. <laughs> um, <laughs> No.
1: Fall of the House of Usher, wasn't that Charles Dickens? <laughs> no, this just, was the best of segments. It was now the worst of segments. Now you're
0: just vexing me. Now you're just vexing me. <laughs> um, so that... Deer
1: Slayer, right? That was him, right? Deer Slayer? Wasn't that him? Charles Dickens? Oh, no, that was Robert De Niro. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Okay.
0: So when uh, fewer people were reading and writing, so like back in the day right and they're all educated the same way they all come from the same social class they come from the same families standardization and writing was not a huge deal right everybody knew what everybody was trying to say because everybody was saying like stuff they already knew so spelling grammar mm-hmm. these things were not standardized like if you go back to like shakespeare and you look at like the first folio or whatever his spelling is not even standard within his own work because mm. he wasn't thinking anybody would read it so sp- because nobody read.
2: It was a play, so spelling was kind of oh, yeah. partly yeah. because kind
0: of a of a it was it, it was Blue a play, wind. but partly because people didn't read. Right. You so know? Shakespeare
1: wasn't a dum dumb.
0: No, he wasn't a dum dumb. So um, there were dictionaries, you know, but there was kind of just one and. Um, but as more people were reading and writing, now you've got more interest in the idea of a dictionary. You know, now we've got a gajillion of them, right? Um, huh. But back in the I day,
2: know. There,
0: there was...
2: And I owned them all. There was one. The, woods.
0: The, the kind of second big dictionary to come into the English language came in the Victorian era, era and it was the Oxford English Dictionary which uh, began work in 1857 and started publishing in 1884. And this still gets published today. Uh, It's a very major, uh, it would be considered an authoritative source dictionary. And there's different approaches you can take with a dictionary. You can have a prescriptive or descriptive. Um, That's dictionary or grammar um, text. And Mm -hmm. so that's, so a prescriptive is saying this is what's right Follow my rule. Right. Doesn't care what people are doing. Descriptive is saying, this is what's happening. And it's recording it as a guide for other people. And that's what the Oxford English Dictionary is. It's a descriptive dictionary. It's going through, uh, it takes a word and it seeks to find historical uses of it from the earliest use of it in English through the present day to show the journey it's taken in its use uh, and through very specific examples of writing and so if you look at something um, you know a very recent example is they them which we've always used as a plural pronoun which is starting to be used as a singular pronoun so some dictionaries are going to stubbornly cling to this is a plural, this is a plural, this is a plural. Right. But the Oxford English Dictionary is going to record that as people are starting to use it as a singular. So
2: they, Oxford would kind of follow what the flow of language is, is
0: Exactly. Doing. Yeah. So it's, okay. and especially, that's an especially important thing in English, which is such a, it's a language that's spoken in many, many, many countries, has many, many, many outside influences. Uh, and... You know, just evolves very fluidly. We've yeah. just borrowed from so many different yeah. languages, and English—it's it's a beautiful thing about the English language—is that it's spoken differently. Yeah, in different it progresses, and, and the rules
2: change. Well, even even speaking of that, is this the the dictionary come from? University of Oxford? Is that why? No,
0: it's a. I don't know who's publishing it now. Um, it started out with like a group of scholars, you know, and this was kind of like England in that day. There were lots of groups of scholars who just like got together and like complained about stuff and tried to solve it. Yeah.
1: Roving around the countryside, <laughs> stealing sheep. <laughs>
0: they really? They were just <laughs> like, it's like
1: the gangs of the They top.
0: had a lot of societies, you know, well like Charles came Dickens, came in and stole my not, teeth. Charles, Dickens, um, Charles Darwin, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) was a member of societies like this you know that and so there was this a group of scholars who were like we need a dictionary and we need a dictionary that really is is you know solving this problem of really looking um historically but now if you think like okay well we're In the 1800s, English has been spoken for a really long time at this point, and you're trying to go through literature to find these examples of how these words were used. Well, this is quite a task. Also, this is in an era where there are not libraries. You can't go and look online. You can't Amazon this You have to do
2: your own research. You have to... Track it down and yeah, you can't keyword
0: search to find this thing, you you gotta like sit down with a lot of books and look. So it was a huge, huge, huge task. Mm
2: Um, and then how would you even trace how, I mean, because you had so many dialects and so many uses of it, of different words, how would you even track what the meanings were? And
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, is this what
1: they were attempting to do is to come up with this with the standard, or
0: no, so they were just going through and and going into historical, te- going into historical texts, you saying know, this is things, how the word has been used it's a, to show how it's been. Now, is, used.
1: This, is this is it different from like Webster's dictionary?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Webster's is just telling you what the word means. It might give you a little bit of derivation, but the Oxford English Dictionary is trying to give you the whole okay. history of the word. Because I know that it I remember like
1: it making the news from time to time when they were like. The word cyber appeared in Webster's dictionary and that was like a big deal because it's now officially well, part of the language or something.
0: And pay attention to those because sometimes it's the Oxford English Dictionary because people know that to be um, an authoritative source of like if they put it in there, they consider it changed, you know?
1: Yeah, so you know, Oxford, Webster, it's all the same. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> seen, I read. You've seen
1: one dictionary, you've seen them all.
0: I read a book about the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary um, some years ago, The Professor and the Madman by Simon Winchester. That came out in 1998. I read it that year, and then I read it again a couple years later. It's a
1: non- You're such a nerd. No, it's
0: a non- You read a book
1: about a dictionary twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, well- And
1: ironically,
2: you could read the dictionary about that book, because all the words are in-
0: Yeah, right. So this huge task, they went the group of scholars, they hired an editor- Mm. And, like, the editor just, like, spun his wheels, right? He couldn't figure out how to tackle this um, and and just basically freaked out and gave up. And then they went through a second editor who did basically the same thing. Like, they just couldn't figure out how to get their hands around the task because it was so big. I mean, the Oxford English Dictionary is... Fifteen volumes or something—it's it's huge. <laughs> Kevin's, thinking, Kevin's thinking
1: the same thing. Born I <laughs> couldn't get his hands around that big dictionary. <laughs> A small dictionary in his pants.
2: <laughs> this this section has been brought to you by Oxford Dictionaries.
1: I mean, his pants—you know, the back pocket of his the biggest there was pocket dictionary. I'm talking about the pocket dictionary, so I'm not being inappropriate at I all. Know, I love that
2: Adrienne's just patiently waiting, yeah. she's waiting. She, she, she knows She's worked with Jason long enough to know
1: the wave will come, <laughs> and then go, and then we can move on. All right. So anyway, so, so you, ha- so you the have. the second editor was trying to get his hands around.
2: So no, wait, wait, wait. So explain what what is this edit? What what are they trying to accomplish? What is so the they're really they're getting these get?
0: volunteers together who are going out and trying to find the words. You know, trying to go through, find these examples to be used in the dictionary. But there's so many editors. There's so much. You know, it's just an organizational what, what process. What year is it at this point? So that started in. Um, 1857 okay. and it, the first edition didn't get published till 1884 so it took a long time and
2: then, wow. but this was all in england or just england, england. or london itself
0: uh
2: a bit of everywhere
0: i think it was centered in london but right. i think there was work all over england so finally they get this third editor james murray oh. and he really like he's figured it out he's got a system he's got all these volunteers working uh, and he he seems to be able to handle
1: this. was a guy who really likes big dictionaries.
0: <laughs> he it well, was was just super organized, you know, yeah. um, and very. Uh, he just kept at it. So he had mm. one of his most prolific volunteers was this guy named William Chester Minor, who just was churning out. He was finding all this stuff, and you know, and they corresponded some and. And uh, he was real friendly with him, um, you know, in, in the way you are with a colleague. And, you know, they write letters because it's a Victorian area. And that's how you communicate with people. Well, then one day, like quite a long time into their knowing each other through this correspondence, he finds out that this guy um, is, is in an asylum for the insane. Oh, that
2: he's been right, right the whole time.
0: Yes, um, this guy. Uh, he but was, what
2: did you like address the letter to the asylum? Well,
0: it was an address.
2: Oh, okay. So It wasn't what
1: like K.O. of
0: you know. I, he bin. didn't know. You know, oh. he's oh. just putting like a, a street address or whatever. And this you could guy, look it up on
1: Google Maps.
0: This guy was a Civil War veteran uh-huh. who moved to England, and then he murdered somebody who he he mistakenly thought was trying to break into his apartment. Um the guy was not he murdered him um and he then spent forty years in this British psychiatric hospital
1: wow and so how was he getting his hands on words?
0: well that's very interesting so he he for whatever reason they determined he he was he had delusions now you know the speculation would be that he was schizophrenic mm-hmm. But they decided he um, just needed to be in a minimum security situation. So he had his own like little apartment. He wasn't allowed to leave, but um, he was allowed to have books. He was allowed to carry on correspondence. Interestingly enough, the yeah. widow of the person who he murdered... Would visit him on the regular, bring him food, brought him books. Um, huh. I couldn't find any more. And I can't remember from the book why that was. I mean, she was pregnant hmm. when her husband was killed. Like, she had every reason to be very angry at this guy. They had like six kids or something. So she was um, left so, certainly in a spot. So, but... what
1: was he actually trying to do if not break into his house?
0: I don't was rem- actually happening. Then? I don't remember. I think he was just there. You know, he the guy had delusions. So that's, you know, just how it goes sometimes. Just uh, just a mistake. You know, he might have just been passing by or oh, okay. whatever, you know. Um, you know, which, of course, is very rare. I feel compelled to note most people who have delusions do not ever hurt anybody. That That's a very yes. rare thing to happen.
1: Yes, good to note that
0: yes um but it did in that case um and so this guy also um he read and and he was corresponding he read a lot and he was corresponding with a lot of booksellers and getting a lot of books in uh so he just that's what he devoted his time to um and obviously that was a little jarring for james murray when he figured this out but he did go and visit him and you know, they had this kind of interesting friendship. Hmm. Um,
2: Did you get a little plaque, once, on, plaque on your desk that says you don't have to be crazy to work for the Oxford Dictionary? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Once, once he helps. said
1: he said to him, "Sir, you may be a minor, but your contribution has been major."
0: <laughs> it was. He was one of the most prolific contributors to the original um, edition of the Oxford English well, Dictionary. Well,
1: that's a fact. What I told you, yeah, it really happened. It's a fact.
0: Another interesting thing is Roger's Thesaurus was first published in 1852. Well, I read that. that.
1: That was the story about the
2: boy and his dinosaur. <laughs> Wajet's Thesaurus. <source. laughs> it's the Thesaurus. What about the dinosaur? The story dinosaurs? about a young man
1: named Wajet... Who
2: came across a thesaurus
1: one day? I, is this is this part of the conversation the woods. that I missed the first part out of or?
0: Well he did this joke it, earlier. It was, in, in the
1: show? When I was no when, when you were weren't here,
0: early. you were like in the bathroom. When I was day. in eighth
1: grade, I, I what I say?
2: I, I, I was in a poetry I did I did the Wallace and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll through the looking glass. And I won. Uh, Roger's Thesaurus, a leather-bound Roger's Thesaurus. So I brought uh, it home. I showed my dad. I said, this is great, Dad. Look what I won. He goes, oh, yeah, a story about a boy and his dinosaur.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. What? what is that? What did you think it was?
2: No, he was joking. He was,
1: oh, Thesaurus. He was joke. Thesaurus. Yeah. That's the dinosaur part. I was not getting that. It took you a second. It did. Yeah. Thesaurus. Okay. Moving on. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that was oh my first published in 1852. Um, again, you know, another kind of attempt to describe language to make it easier to manage, to make all these new readers and writers um, right. better able to navigate it. This guy was very interesting. Roger, this. Um, Roger, Roger. thank you. Roger. Say,
1: Roger. Um, oh, so you were not saying Roger. that? That'd be a joke? Roger, I don't know. <laughs> Roger. Hey, Roger.
0: But there's a there's a fantastic. (laughs) Oh, just I was gonna say there's a great picture book about yes. um, Roger won an award like an honor. Yeah, that was the I was on Caldecott. Uh, Yeah, um, the right word by Jim Jen Bryant, uh, illustrated by Melissa Sweet. Um, because Roger, as a kid, um, I think his father died when he was pretty young and so he had this kind of instability in his life and he got in this habit of creating lists very young, just trying to categorize life, make some sense out of things uh. which built into this eventually the creation of this thesaurus, which, um, is still used today. still published. What is, uh,
2: what, is, what is the kid's book?
0: It's called the right word by Jen Bryant. Yeah. It's a really great book. I have a piece of art from it in my, uh, in my house. I'm
2: to look it up, there? Original art? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, 2015, have a piece. 2015 nice. won. A-, well, a print. A print of the M paper. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what year were you what year
2: were you on? That year. The Caldecott.
0: Whatever year. That
2: so, so that yeah. was one of the ones that won? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That oh, was one of our okay, honor yeah. books, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so. Yeah,
1: because that was the year that I was, that was the year before I was an Eisner judge. So it would have been chair, and we went to the, I got to go to the award ceremony.
0: That's Um, right. And that was really a really
1: cool, like almost a coincidence because I wouldn't have been there otherwise, (laughs) you know? I
0: know. Yeah. That that, was really fun. That
1: was some cool. I'm looking at the art from the book. That's some beautiful artwork.
0: I was like, remember we all went out to dinner before the banquet? Remember that in Vegas? In Las Vegas? There was a big group of us. That was in Vegas? That was in Las no. no, No. No, 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 no. That was before the one for that year. You with You're us, not talking Dad. about the
1: one where I came in afterwards and ate everybody's dessert? <laughs>
0: that was in San Francisco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but if, no,
1: That's like a true are, story. If that's you a guys true think story, librarian <laughs> life is boring... No, this is a good story, you just though. Just
2: got to get Adrian and, and Jason <laughs> to wasn't, talk about some of the... I wasn't allowed
1: to go traveling. to the dinner. I wasn't allowed to go to the dinner, and
0: and I mean, for the, for the a cou- preamble the to dinner? this, I had been borderline assaulted the night before, two nights before. So I had asked Jason to meet me at this dinner to, so that I wasn't going home alone, alone, because yeah. I was really freaked out.
1: And I'm a great friend.
0: Yes. Um, so
1: even though evidenced you by
0: he came, we had this yeah, private you're gonna room.
1: Hear, you're going to hear how great a friend I was. <laughs> <laughs> we had this
0: Private room for this dinner, and he comes sneaking in, which was fine. Which was fine. Everybody's cool.
1: Sneak you, 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 let me in, though. Like <laughs> the
0: you... next thing I know, he's over there eating somebody's.
1: <laughs> but no, no, no. But I, I, I asked though. I, I asked. I did ask. <laughs> I was like, are you going to finish this? Who did you he's ask? They're like a... Randomly. <laughs>
2: I, feel, I feel like he had his own theme music. Like he's one. no, but bum, bum, the best part. The best
1: part is that I ate more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but I asked. I asked. I was like, "Are you going to eat your dessert?" And they're like, mm, "No." It's
2: like a, it's like it's like one of the chawas dickens. <laughs> I was like, "It's coaches.
1: okay, I know Adrian." Lisa,
2: <laughs> Lisa, can I have some of your used desserts? to be most delightful.
1: No, but the people on her on her co- committee were wonderful, and they did not mind me eating their desserts one bit.
0: No, they really like they're. <laughs> they're I bunch. have to. I'll never be on another book award committee again. I think because I had the perfect committee. And the best experience. It just can't
2: get any better than that.
0: Yeah, because they were they were cool people who would just be like, "Sure, I never saw you eat my dessert. It's fine. Your friend of my friend, great." That's right.
1: <laughs> and For Jason, that's the best kind of people. Yes, the staff was like, "Excuse me, ma'am, um, we do not allow pets in the restaurant."
2: <laughs> I said, you want "I don't want me know to who run him is? out of town." No,
1: let him <laughs> stay. And let and him Adrian, eat his, his was dessert. Like, "It's just gonna go in the garbage anyway." <laughs> Just let him eat. It's, He's it's, not going to get anybody's way. Pharaoh Jason and a loincloth, all dirty in the. Well, corner. Listen, but listen, listen. Two hands for of tapioca pudding, just shoving the them
0: into the, his the mouth.
1: The food they fed these guys. well. the food was good.
0: It was delicious.
1: If you'd been there, you would have asked to eat people's desserts too.
0: I had. I might just. You know what I had for the, the first so time there at that dinner? I don't remember a ton about. I remember it being very good, but. They served us they served us sliced radishes with like a warm, very salty butter. and I eat that still.
1: Radish Oh, you're inspired.
0: Yeah, that is more delicious than it sounds. That's all I can say. I, I
1: love radishes and I love salty butter, so you know it's so good. You can't lose
0: It's so good next next time we do one of these, let's do the butter and. Warm, <laughs> warm, salty butter and radishes.
2: Oh, you mean it sounds like to eat, the eat. weirdest plan yes. ever. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, that's, the weirdest that's re- plan the, ever.
0: We're the, talking the, about the Victorians
1: oh, yes. <laughs> and drinking the, whiskey with, on with Friday with side
2: <laughs> side <laughs> conversations of radishes. For
0: for we just had an extended you, discussion of dictionary. Let them
2: eat radishes. <laughs> yes.
1: For the benefit of you, our listeners, we will eat radishes (laughs) and salted butter. We'll do it on the show next time. We'll do a crunch.
0: I just have such a memory of those, sitting in the chair and eating those and being like, this is delicious.
1: For any listeners who may not know, the Caldecott Award is a a children's book award that goes to the book that has the best illustrations, basically. Mm. Mm. And um, yeah, so most of the time it's picture books, but it can be other books.
2: And you know what has never won?
1: Hmm. Roger's Thesaurus.
2: <laughs> doesn't have any pictures. That's that why it, it wasn't even in the book about Roger's Thesaurus one.
1: Well, right. But, am I anyway, right? so did, we got a, you, got an honor. did you have more? to your No, sp- that was it. Oh, all right. Excellent. All right. We are talking about the Victorian era and telling stories about it. Stories about dictionaries and underwear and entertainment. And now, Kevin is going to tell us a story about Jacks. <laughs>
2: okay, so I got a title for my section. It's called Two Jacks and a Queen, which is really, you know, a bad poker hand, unless mm-hmm. the jacks are
0: wild. Then it's an okay
1: poker hand. Well, that's three queens, All right. if you know anything about poker.
0: I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about poker. Two jacks and a queen. Okay. I don't know anything about poker. I'm not sure why I'm here. I do know (laughs) about dictionaries.
2: I know know about (laughs) dictionaries. We're going to learn about,
0: hey, can we talk about underwear catching fire? No. (laughs) We'll be talking
1: about the dictionary. Oh, she does know about underwear.
0: I do know about underwear. Underwear underwear and dictionaries.
1: I brought (laughs) up the (laughs) underwear. Adrian's specialties, underwear and dictionaries. I feel that would be like the weirdest job interview. What do you know about underwear for dictionaries? Mm-hmm. No. What well, about kind
2: of underwear you wear when you read dictionaries? Well,
1: what about too. underwear made out of dictionaries?
2: <laughs> Can you imagine the paper cuts? <laughs> that would be bad. Can you
1: imagine how heavy it would be? <laughs> like, Oh my gosh! What? You look like and like, you look like you like filled your pants walking around town. Yeah. You know? no, like, what what sections do you have? I have Wait, S for soil. You wouldn't
0: use the whole dictionary. You use pages <laughs> of the dictionary. You tape oh. them together.
1: Oh, now you tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on!
1: Now you tell me. I'm walking around town looking like I filled my been, pants. He's been doing I'm this all like, hey, Did you fill your time. pants? I'm like, no. It's the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> and they're like, it's, oh, okay. it's unabridged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: it's terrible. All
1: right. Okay. So two
0: two
2: jacks and a queen. Of course, the queen being Queen Victoria. Um, but two of the the, the most famous jacks during the time. The, no. You know, we have a lot of urban legends these days. What are, what are some of your kind of... Slender Man? I mean, what are some of your favorite urban legends of, you know, going around these days? Frank, the <laughs>
1: librarian ghost. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like Frank, <laughs> who just sits in his chair, and the chair goes... <laughs> it's <laughs> just like... It's like the best callback ever. <laughs> 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 okay, so, you know, we have lots of urban legends, but, but this... 1837 was the very first urban legend, and it, it's kind of part mystery. Wait, ever, it, I think it's considered one of the first, you know, ones that really took off, that really captured the imagination. Because you know we have print now, like I said, common, common to have these magazines and these petty dreadfuls and newspapers, and and so this was the creepy one that pasta, yeah, that kind of caught the imagination.
1: You ever heard of creepy pasta? Creepy oh pasta. God. Yeah, it's like, like it's Spaghetti-os? like It's basically like, like, Spaghetti-os? like internet. It's like internet urban legends, creepy pasta. Okay. So like the, you know, the the story about you go to this website and this weird thing happens and there's a story about this thing that happened to a person and then they died or whatever. Like it's you know, like legends about things that are lurking around the internet. You you guys have never heard, you guys have never heard of creepy pasta? What? Pasta? No. What? How old are you? Is it like is it like a young person thing? It's like oh, I mean, it's it's a it's like an internet thing.
0: Oh. Why would I don't even understand that? <laughs>
1: like I could like scary I don't know the like origin scenarios. of it. That's creepy pasta. It's but it's it's just that's what it's called. Huh? I don't know why it's called that. It's probably from Reddit or something. But you know, people tell these stories. Kids and... these days, they make no sense.
0: It's like going how to I don't, hell
1: in a handbasket. I don't
0: know who anybody is on the front of the People magazine anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who I really of them are.
2: Are they dead? Like the Queen?
0: Are they? Probably. Every once in a while, the queen's on there, and I know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, if they tapioca. had...
2: So, <laughs> tap- tapioca. Tapioca. Please tapioca, please tapioca give and tea pudding. tapioca. tea. Oh, I'll oh, be my in the study. <laughs> we used. are not amused. beyond on YouTube watching Creepypasta. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on before we totally lose it. So it's, it's going to be that time of night. So, so one of the first urban legends, and and would be creepypasta if they had creepypasta back then, but it probably would mean something different. It was this was the legend of Spring Hill Jack. You guys ever heard of him?
1: No. Spring Hill Jack, Is that Jack the Ripper.
2: It, it, it's before Jack the Ripper. So this was 1837. So Jack the Ripper was uh, 1888. So like 50 years later. So, but this was sort of setting the stage of this repressed society, you know, like I said women are, are starting to have more power, more voice, you know, um and there was sort of this this like I said middle class and upper class that started to have time on their hands. So Springhill Jack was a, a legend but was also a real person of of some kind. So uh, let me let me tell you the story. A real so,
0: person of some of some <laughs>
2: kind or maybe a <laughs> demon or I don't know. But it was September 1837. A lady by the name of Polly Adams walking down the road and suddenly out of nowhere this cloaked figure appeared to her. Now as the cloaked figure got closer, pulled back his hood, his face wasn't normal. It was like a demon face. And suddenly out of his mouth came this soft blue fire flame right into her face. Now she was with a bunch of friends. But as he came close, the friends ran, and then Polly talked about seeing his glowing red eyes, and then he put out his claws. He had these metallic claws, and he just started to attack her. He started to scratch her. He sounds kind
1: of like a slender man.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it has this, this whole thing, you know, her friends have left. And you know there he is, just laughing hysterically, and and starts clawing at a torso. And unfortunately, you know he didn't get very deep. I guess he he, he did he did a little damage, a little scratching. But then in-
1: all those layers,
2: <laughs> He's trying to get through. You know, all the underwear. He's like, I, like, I just want to get to your underwear. to it, but I can't <laughs> but, find it. <laughs> you know, after a few not seconds, you know can. he Jack. Just, it was he, Jack, he, he, not me. Yeah, he stopped. Jack. <laughs> He stopped, he laughed hysterically, and then disappeared into the night. And this was the beginning of the legend of Spring Hill Jack. But this wasn't the first, I mean, this wasn't the only attack. So we started to get, one month later, October 1837, Mary Stevens, same, same type of situation. She's walking through the park, same guy starts attacking you know, in the same style, same demon face. And then, you know, they, they they say smelled of sulfur, and blue flames was, leaping was from his mouth. Was this
0: actually Freddy Krueger?
2: It, it, ha- it has all these features, you know, with these metallic claws coming out. and
1: Then after he left and, and, it, they take out their handkerchiefs and... Sniffed. sniffing
0: perfume and <laughs> teams, <laughs> <perfumed> <laughs> handkerchiefs. he smelled like salsa. But uh, it was right, interesting because you
1: know none of these girls were really hooked. They're like <laughs> he smells like farts. <laughs> 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 but that's the sulfide. Greenfield like, Jack <laughs> smells like farts. He's like no, I'm a monster. Yeah, he smell like farts.
2: But I, I think the the, the most dramatic thing <laughs> <laughs> was you know somehow he was producing this blue flame out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of his mouth. Whoa. Out of his mouth. Right. So it's like
1: you know.
0: Wow. His underwear was on fire. <laughs> his underwear was on fire.
1: And he was just like. It was on oh, fire because it was made out of a dictionary.
2: Ah! <laughs> it all, all these came together. together.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you know, after this, after this, Kaiser <laughs> it was him all along. <laughs> so finally, there was a third attack, and this time he jumped out in front of some horses, uh, uh, carriage horses. He scared the horses, knocked over the horses, and this is when you know the first the first pursuit happened. So the guy got out of his carriage and he started chasing him, and then suddenly thinking he was ready to catch the Spring-Heeled Jack, suddenly Jack jumps over a nine-foot fence and then disappears into the night. And so this is where the the newspapers coined the phrase Spring-Heeled Jack. Uh Oh. And so, yeah, so if you see, you could, you know, if you Google the pictures of the time, you see this demon-type creature, and he captured the imagination of the country. You know, these attacks uh, continued on, um, and, you know, of course the police were, were trying to track them down. So, you know, these are real world people with real world, you know, attacks that have happened. None of them have been hurt very badly at this time, a little, a little scratching and, and a lot of scales, but they all had the same story. This, this demon mask, this, this black cloak, soft blue flames, red glowing eyes. And so the police, you know, started to to pursue, you know, we're going to, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I think, um. You know the Iron General—I forget his name—the one that won Battle of Waterloo. You know he himself—you mm. know he
1: was—he was, he was kind of oh, aging at that point. Wait. I know it, Napoleon, by Traf- 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 Trafalgar. No, I don't.
2: Yeah. Oh, I know is, you know, he himself was, like, getting a gun and, like, patrolling the streets, trying to find the Spring Hill Jack. So, uh, you know, every... But so they had
0: to go to sleep because you only see Freddy Krueger...
2: In your dreams.
0: In your dreams. And also, mm-hmm. it was just because they murdered him that time. Everybody remember? All the parents set Freddy Krueger on fire. That's oh. why he was mad.
1: Uh-oh. Was he wearing Victorian underwear? <laughs> he, he had this big, frilly dress on. I'm
0: telling you. This that's, is what happened. That's
1: so, But that's even, Freddy you
0: know,
2: not, not to do any spoiler alerts, but sort of this idea of the clawed-handed figure, you know, even in, even in you know, Stranger Things, you know, it has this sort of callback to this, this <coughs> Wolverine type. You know? so anyways, these are tax cap. You know, speaking of, you know, the aristocratics kind of having this this extra time and money on the hand so that
1: we they we are Siamese if you please oh sorry that's like a wet oh, cat that's a cat a second I was like that's sorry. the most
2: no. random no, song no
0: no 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 no. we need to crack that that's from Lady and the Tramp
1: oh that's true what it is yeah, it is yeah it also is. Oh. it's
0: racist oh. so you just like none of that Uh-oh. none of that Disney is gonna get that's after you
1: problematic in, it's in all a problematic. lot of ways Did they not call them Siamese cats anymore
0: no, they do, but that song is like using all this like imagery that's not uh, okay.
1: And I was a child. The last time I saw it, so well, Influenced this
0: you. is this is why our generation has had problems <laughs> combating systemic racism <laughs> because
2: because <laughs> Jason thinks it
0: was suicide. fed to us quietly through all these <laughs> movies, we and we didn't know any better.
1: Well, thank you for enlightening me, Adrian.
0: But also, that's from Lady and the Tramp.
1: Yes, also. And also, get it right.
0: Which, well, so that's if you, like if one you're going to my... be
2: problematic, at least it's, be accurate. It's
0: one of my favorite problematic. problematic Disney movies, I'm, Lady and the Tramp.
2: I'm racist. Which, by and the way, Tramp is kind of problematic itself. Is it? All of it. And to be honest, it.
1: Lady is not all
2: that <laughs> okay, though. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: and to be honest, like, Eating one piece of spaghetti between two people is also problematic. And like in the it just doesn't work if you've ever tried it. Like it always breaks.
0: Well, yeah. Also, it's gross. It's gross.
1: Yeah, because the spaghetti gets everywhere, or and the like sauce. If you're everywhere. on a date, don't
2: like roar your meatball with your nose.
0: That's true. <laughs> <do. laughs> <laughs> this, this, like, really like, this is what our generation is doing. two plates of pasta.
1: If I that, mean, imagine, it's
0: pasta. How much does it although, cost?
1: Imagine if the, that was like, it could be any food. Like, hey, do you want some of my fish? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: nudging over. Try some of my fish, nudging it with the nose. You so know. you know who had a big nose? Splinkio Jack.
0: <laughs> Did he? Did he <laughs> I have no idea. Trying to bring him so, back so, to yeah, his
2: I'm story. So, you know, no, no, let me go. Cause, we cause went like, on
0: a this
1: Disney is so this Wait, this... this, yes. this A a racist Disney channel.
2: So they they get this letter, the police get this letter, or Scotland Yard or whatever, get this letter that says, you know, basically, hey, I want to, it's an aristocrat, somebody you all know, that's putting on a mask and figured out this flame thing in theater and he's going around with some kind of spring device, you know, torturing people on the streets. So This one
0: does. Police...
2: (laughs) <laughs> set, set to five one does and you know the theory you know it was the theory that it was the Marquette Marquette of Waterford you know which the was, what the what now the Marquess. Marquette of Waterford Marquis Marquis yes Marquis so th- these went on these went on you know was it him was it somebody else but you know there was only one death a tra- a, a, a connected with it um, uh, Maria Davis thrown over a bridge to her death Um, But, you know, the the, only her, only her. So it was okay. But no, I mean, but this really kind of there were stage productions of it. They tried to reproduce this blue flame on stage. And and there were puppet shows and preachers, of course, went crazy talking about how this was the judgment, you know. And and, and, but I guess the biggest thing is that the copycats just started to take this. And you started to see Spring Hill Jack going up all over the country. and,
0: And people have always been awful, haven't they? Yeah.
2: So, the Penny Dreadfuls got a hold of this, and especially one author, A.M. Barrage. You heard of him? You should have. A.M. Barrage. You know him? You know him? No, it's me. That's you. <laughs> you are A.M. Barrage.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, wait.
2: I'm sorry. It might be French. It might be A.M. Barrage.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Barrage. That
0: was oh, man. A.M. Somebody.
1: Somebody's going to have to clean that up. <laughs> We got to spill an aisle, Kevin, over here. (laughs) Okay, he's just Frenching all over the place. (laughs) He's just getting French all over the place. Come on, Kevin. We got to French spill (laughs) an aisle five. Kevin, we're gonna have to mop.
2: It's
1: like uncontrollable. We have a barrage. (laughs) Uncontrollable French. (laughs) We have a French and lost it.
2: (laughs) So, so he started. He started. He took this hero. You know, was a bad guy. You know, but he said, "Oh, what if we make him a good guy? What if we make him a superhero, a vigilante, but not just you know a vigilante, uh, you know, a vigilante. But what if we, what if we make him rich and like an aristocrat, and he could terrorize the evildoers? And in fact, why don't we have him in an underground lair where he could make these great." Gadgets and and weapons to fight no. the bad guys and no. isn't this a great idea? And here, is here's this the kicker. Real?
1: Here's the kicker.
2: Let's dress him like.
1: A Everybody knows what you're going to say, but that's real. That's right. Is this a for bat. real? It's for real? It's for real. Three and, Hill and Jack was inspiration for Batman for real. Well,
2: I mean, that's that's for you to determine. I don't think. Uh, I was it? like, Bob... I just
1: came up with it right and now. I don't think
2: Bob Kane just kind of said, you know, this is what happened. But but if you do go back and you look up AM and Bill Finger, Boulash, both of them, you know, if you look at the superhero and, and you know even Google them right now, you know, um, right, I will. It's it's AM A, M. A. M. first initial A. Well,
1: no, I'm just gonna look up Spring Heeled Jack and. And Penny
2: uh, Dreadfuls, yeah. So, 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 but this this legend kind of came on, and, and you know, it's it's known as one of the first uh, urban legends of the day. I'm like uh,
1: sp- Spring Heeled, and Google's like Spring Heeled Jack, Spring Heeled Jack Coffee. What? <laughs>
2: what is it?
1: To wake you up.
2: The best part of waking up. I'm just, I'm just up. thinking about how Spring like you in your cup, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or out of your cup, as the case may be. <laughs> Boing. Swinging around. Okay.
2: So that's the first Jack. Now, you know, other than, you know, a few few cases, you know, pretty lighthearted, pretty, pretty kind of like a a joke on society. But the second one, you guys know who the second Jack I'm talking about is?
1: Jack the Ripper. Jack
2: the Ripper. So 50 years later, Whitechapel area of East London. He went by many names, Jack the Ripper, Saucy Jack, Leather Apron, the White Chapel Murderer. 1888 is where it first began, and uh, it began. So, so the first one, of Springhill Jack, was a uh, victim was a girl named Polly. But the first one of Jack the Ripper, fifty years later, August 31st, was another lady by the name of Polly, Mary Ann Polly Nichols, and it was. Buck's row, 3 o'clock in the morning, the shadow figure came out of nowhere, and Polly became the first victim of the soon-to-be-famous Jack the Ripper. Now, there's many legends connected to it. How many did he actually kill? We have, they call him the mechanical five. There's five that for sure they knew of. He had the same, same M.O., same throat slashed, most of them were, were, were cut up, but what was sort of interesting is, you know, it began this whole, one of the biggest manhunts, one of the biggest mysteries that still is going on today. You know, a lot of people, and I'm going to have one suggestion of one guy that claims he solved it. There's been claims of DNA tests over the years, but still, this the case of Jack the Ripple is still, you know, large. And and one of the interesting things is he was also kind of the first serial killer that really played with the police. And, and he started sending messages to the police, and he has these famous messages. You know, a lot of them are considered hoaxes, but some of them are considered real. Like, there's the Dear Boss letter that came across. I think this is, you know... And this was con- pretty much considered the hoax, except for one thing. So this is what it said. Dear Boss... Oh. Whoa! <laughs> Keep hearing that the police have caught me, oh
1: but they God. won't fix me just yet, dude. That is creeping me out. I have laughed when yeah. they look so clever and
2: talked about being right on the right track. Ah, uh, Grand Walken's oh job was—you give me nightmares. <laughs> I gave the lady no time to uh, squeal. Uh. Uh. How can they catch me now? I love my work. The
1: next job. I shall cut
2: the lady's eel no, off. No,
1: no, stop. Yours true Stop, stop. Jack No, ah!
0: <laughs> so Do tapioca. <laughs> do tapioca Don't, don't ever that do that, that again.
1: Tapioca. Ah! No. Oh! oh, no. Jace is really freaked out. Oh, man. no. Okay, but, so, but so... Wait, wait, no, no. Say, say oops, I farted. <laughs> Oops are funny. I
2: haven't <laughs> too much fun with this. I've lost them. Anyway. So so this, this character, you know, he, he's 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 captured. The, now that one's considered a hoax, except for one interesting thing, is before that none of the victims had their ears cut off. A lot of other things disempowered. Mm. Parts of them we moved, you know, all throats cut. But the next victim had her ears cut off. So was that is that, you know, so the the they started they, they came up with hundreds of suspects. Um, you know, they of course there was the racism of the times. They they said, Oh, it's gonna be one of the poorest Jews of the area, and they actually arrested, you know. Um, I think one guy was arrested, John Pizer, and he was a shoemaker. And the only, I think, the only reason they caught, they arrested him, is because he was a, a Polish Jew, and his nickname was Leather Apron, which was, I guess, you know what they were calling him in some of the papers. So, and he actually won a libel case. He was arrested, but he actually, you know, and, and so all these suspects were coming up, but they they couldn't. And it went so far as um, I think Prince Albert. Um, in a can. In a can. <laughs> I always think that's the joke I always think of. Prince, Prince Albert, you know. Do you have Prince Albert in a can?
1: I remember. Better let him out. Well, see, that's a joke. No, but I remember when I was a kid, I, I was reading these joke books. Yeah. That were, like, written before my time. And I'm, like, reading this about Cause, cause, Prince Albert in a can.
2: Prince Albert in a can was a kind of tobacco, right? You, I think. A, I like still a not, not sure what it
1: was. Snuff or something like that. But I just that. remember, like, buy it in a can. reading these jokes from these joke books that are like 20 years old like when i'm a kid back so in we the... should
2: say prince prince albert was queen victoria's husband he died oh right yeah he died you know and she like she they said she mourned her him for like 60 or 40 years or like most of her life That's and right. so prince albert and so the joke was it's, it's it's a it's an earlier version of you know phoning somebody up and saying is your refrigerator running
1: well, right, well, but I'm just saying. It, as yeah. a kid, reading these things, just you know, think about how these things is, are dated. Yeah, I remember thinking, is your refrigerator running and getting that, and then reading this, like, you know, do you have Prince Albert in a can? So you so you, you, would, you would you would phone
2: out. up a store like a tobacco store. No, uh, no, I know, I, or, I, I get that. I'm just saying, the audience might not by the know. time
1: by the time that I what about how to j- prank people. on well, the phone? Well, that was the prank. You you would phone up a store. Yeah, is that, is that passe a smoke now, shop? Do people do prank phone calls anymore.
0: No, they, you can't because they're all like caller ID. Yeah,
2: and they don't. Nobody answers the phone anymore. The future. Yeah, that's right. But you, you would phone up a store and you would say sucks, you guys. You would ask, you know, if they had a kind of Tabasco Prince Albert,
1: the version that came
2: in the cans. Or do you have Prince Albert it in Tabasco? the
1: cans? Tabasco. I thought it was tobacco. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I genuinely thought you said Tabasco. Yeah. Say Tabasco in that voice. <laughs> no, not that voice. That was me
2: swearing at Jason. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: You'd like, I you like can't overuse it. It'd be bad. So, anyways, yeah. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? So yes, I do. Then you better let him out. <laughs> I'll anyway. do it by myself. So, anyways, the the, the <laughs> theories went. You know, I people farted. were saying that it was the grandson of Queen Victoria. So, were <laughs> sorry, Lu, sorry, Louis K. Himself was accused. They said, you know, because what wrote, for real? Lu, yeah, it was. It, the guy wrote a whole book about it. And although he, had, he was a, a,
1: admittedly, you know, he, he had some will. You ever read Alice in Wonderland? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, the mushrooms. He could, he was could be a serial accurate, killer. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he, you know a guy wrote a whole book about you know anagrams, and he's you know he sort of tracked down the anagrams of Lewis Carroll and said you know well this was the anagrams in some of these letters, and so the accusations kind of went crazy. But uh, you know we still saw you know motto after motto for five murders. and then of course there's the famous letter they got. Now this one they believe uh, really was. I think they had a movie about it. And they call it the "From Hell"
1: letter. Well, that was a it was a graphic novel first. It Was a graphic Al, novel. Alan first. Moore.
2: Okay. Yes. So, so this this one they kind of consider Which, when it came out is was, it was actually it was, from it was, him.
1: It was legitimate. The theory that he proposed in that letter was actually a legitimate theory having having to do with what was it stating? Um, I don't think it was. Was it Albert or maybe a, a kid or but but basically royalty who was like. Impregn- try to cover up the fact that he was getting women pregnant uh, because he was messing around and it was well, like this and all these, thing. all these all and then there's some occult thing too but that's yeah. just Alan so the, all these Alan
2: theories Ward. were going kind of going crazy they they uh, accredited one lawyer who committed suicide that uh, same time the motor stopped and it must have been him you know I think there was you know uh, one of there, there was a whole you know a shawl of one of the I think the third victim. And you know DNA testing on it, but then a lot of gen, you know people say, "No, that's just, the Shaw was problematic, the testing was problematic," and so you know DNA it, is
1: problematic.
2: Well, it's just the Shaw had been passed on for generations, so everybody had their hands over it, you know. So DNA, DNA is fake you know? news. <laughs> so, so, anyways, you know, but the 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 from Hell letter. What made that so interesting is it came with a special treat. It came candy. Uh, yeah, well, kind of nature's candy. It came with <laughs> half a like. half a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> it's just half a kidney. <laughs>
0: Which We all know is
1: nature's
0: candy. It's good stuff, buddy. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's delicious with <laughs> half a bean. <cabbage. laughs>
1: nature's candy can refer to a kidney as nature's candy. What? <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> you never know. Okay, so the famous from hell letter, which read, came with, with half a kidney, read like this. From hell.
1: Ah, no. <laughs> ah.
2: I sent you half oh. the kidney. It I took, took from one woman, preserved for you. Oh, the, the other piece, uh. I fried
1: Ooh. and ate. mm Catch me when you can. <laughs> dude, that is so freaking creepy. Oh my gosh. Oh that creeps me out uh, for real, dude. Your voice just sounds completely different. Sorry, Jason. Ah no, stop it. I love no. you. No, uh, oh, thanks. My little buddy <laughs> has
2: the sweetest
1: <laughs> smile. Say it all. Solid. So so uh, okay. uh, by the way, Gen X, huh? The three amigos, right? There you go. Yep. Who would have got that? Yep. It's a male plane.
2: <laughs> how can you tell?
1: I can, see, the little... <laughs> oh, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. So, the, 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 the,
2: the, there was that. an interesting podcast that does kind of track down, you know, one one of the, the uh, suspects, like Charles Allen Cross. Um Did you say Charizard? Charles Allen oh, Cross. okay. And, you know, he really kind of... Uh, the documentary kind of goes into how you know, he really had, uh, it was circumstantial evidence, but really, you know, it seems like the first guy that was on the scene, you know, to, to, you know, with the first victim, you know, who was there by himself before a second, second, you know, witness came forward and they went to the police, you know, there's a lot that's pointing to he was the actual one caught in the act of killing his very first girl seconds after he had finished the job, but then switched over to, oh, I just found this victim. Mm. And they start tracking him through this. He was always at the right, right area, at the right time. Even some of the murders that took place in a different area was the area his mother worked, his mother lived on the days that he had off from work. And so they kind of tracked down his whole thing. And even the fact that he lied to the police about his, his name wasn't even Charles Allen Cross. Um, and that was like an odd, odd surname that he had. And and so, yeah, it's sort of interesting that, you know, <laughs> so his
1: mom's like, so what are you going to do today, Charles? Um, oh, I'm just hanging around. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just coming to see you. But it was like, killing was cutting off ears. And, uh, yeah.
2: So I, I think a lot of people say, you know, this, this, this him, you know, it, it would be enough today to at least make him a suspect, if not to actually open a case, um, and a lot of the circumstantial evidence would have to be tracked down. But, yeah, it's very sort of interesting to follow him and how, how it could be the very first guy that was on the scene was most likely the very guy that actually killed her. And the second guy that came on probably came on, you know, within 30 seconds of, of her actually dying. And, you know, the guy goes through how it could have happened. And, you know, the there was no blood from the slit throat when they first found her. But later when the cops came, they noticed a the big pool of blood. Because he had just finished slitting her throat. And, you know, he could have been caught right there, but instead, you know, the mystery went on for hundreds you know over a hundred years now and still still you have people getting the clues together and trying to
1: figure it out. Yeah. So that's the story of the two jacks. Adrian, do you have any last words? Final words?
0: Well, I think we've really covered the entire Victorian period. I in, in real
1: time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we've been talking for <laughs> 60 years.
0: So uh, we covered underwear. We covered fires, Freddy Krueger. I mean, we really got it all. Uh, so. Boy I and think... his dinosaur.
1: Roger. 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 Yes. We, oh, yeah. we cover a lot of territory. Eating other people's desserts, you know. <laughs> I don't even know how that fit in to this day.
0: I don't either.
1: It, it fit in. We were talking about the Caldecott. Yeah.
0: We have well, to, Roger. Don't we mind yes. It was
1: Roger's thesaurus, the Caldecott Calcott book. book on And that, then Jason and then eating then other Jason people's, Jason <laughs> other just,
0: people's cake. Jason ate other people's cake.
1: It flows. It's, it's very logical. It flows. So
0: we have to wrap up this last episode. This, uh, second episode of Wild World and Whiskey.
1: Wild World right. and Whiskey. It was a fun uh, ride. Please join us. Whiskey is probably part of the problem.
0: Please join us again for our next episode which will be about something.
1: Yeah. We got... How many, it could be about how many letters mm, do we have left in the alphabet? It could be about m's mm, mm, or k's or d's or some Some letter of the alphabet. Or k's. All right, gave
0: us a good ending. Now somebody else. (laughs) Say goodbye, Jason. Goodbye,
1: Jason. Goodbye, Jason.
0: Goodbye, Jason. Goodbye, Jason.
1: No, no, we got one more. Stop saying goodbye to me.